Poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. I'm your host, Brad Wilson, the founder of EnhancedYourEdge.com, and today's guest is Canadian online tournament specialist and prolific Twitch streamer, Arlie Shaban. For Arlie, poker and streaming are inseparable. He's made a name for himself not just because of his poker ability, but also because of his relentless pursuit to be one of the biggest and best poker streamers on Twitch. He is without a doubt one of the hardest working human beings in the game today. In a tale as old as time, Arlie quit his job, decided to play poker for a living, and began his streaming career 15 days later. To prove himself to his peers and his audience, he set out to do something nobody else had done. He logged 1,000 hours of broadcast time by streaming for more than 120 consecutive days. His personal record is a single streaming session lasting more than 40 straight hours. Do not try that at home, my friends. No other poker streamer on Twitch has put in as many live hours online as Arlie since the day he started streaming. Because of his poker prowess and streaming persistence, he has amassed more than 30,000 followers on Twitch and is now a member of PokerStars Team Pro Online, as well as a run-it-up ambassador. You'll find Arlie on Twitch regularly, of course, streaming multi-table tournament sessions on PokerStars. During our conversation today, Arlie shares his views on what can be accomplished with hard work and good planning. He is, himself, a perfect living example of exactly what can happen. You'll hear why he wanted to play poker in the first place, the risks he took to try to become a professional player, and the immense amount of work and sacrifice that got him to where he is now. Arlie is a shining example of how a quote-unquote regular guy can achieve a dream and make it as a professional poker player, even if they don't have a massive bankroll, didn't start in the early 2000s, or had the luxury of being able to study all day long. If you've got the desire and the drive Arlie just might have the advice that'll light that fire inside of you and set you on a new path. Thank you once again for listening. Without any further ado, this is Chasing Poker Greatness with special guest Arlie Shabon. So let's start this thing out. I know you have a good work ethic. I think if there's one thing that I can safely say is that your work ethic is pretty killer. Can you tell me where where'd that work ethic come from? I think it comes from a few different things. I've always been very entrepreneurial at heart, but haven't really executed anything super successful in my life. But it's like I've had the drive to do it. So before I was a Twitch poker streamer, I was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car for nine months. How did you, you get involved in Enterprise Rent-A-Car? All right. So freshly after university, I got my degree in business communications. And then I went on reality TV show, Big Brother Canada. And after that, I literally just partied and traveled around the country for literally years and (laughs) just soaked it up, had a lot of fun. At first I was getting, especially out 
East in Newfoundland and stuff. I was getting paid to go around on little bar tours and it was like, it was great. I paid to party and people come out and hang out. So I milked that for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> Till everybody was sick of Arlie. <laughs> Way longer than probably anyone else milked it. And right. I, uh, I ended up like being, being in debt and stuff too from, from a little bit before Big Brother University and also just once I stopped making some money, like doing any of the bar stuff, like I was still going and partying and traveling. Like what do you I mean am. by bar stuff? So when I, I would go do an event at a bar and it'd be like a little meet and greet, they'd pay me money to come out and then I do the meet and greet and leave. And we got a, a, quite a few of those gigs fresh after the show, especially out East. Like not even, I'm out in British Columbia and when we came out here, it was barely anything, but out East, my best buddy who I'm actually living with right now, he won my season of big brother and he was from Newfoundland. So me and him, yeah, I had a lot of opportunities out there. So that like dried up pretty quick and I was in debt and I really just needed money and jo- a job. Couldn't really find anything. Enterprise, I applied and they just hired me right away. So I was like, okay, I'm going to ride this out for a teeny little bit. My real plan was I wanted to, I, I just got to know Kevin Martin through the Big Brother process. He was on the season after me and he was already signed to Poker Stars. And I realized he got signed to Poker Stars when he was grinding mostly mid state games. And that super intrigued me because I didn't even know that was a possible thing. I thought you had to just be a high stakes grinder. That's how you get signed. And I figured out he got signed by creating a big following on his Twitch channel. And he was living with Jamie Staples at the time. Jamie was the biggest or one of the biggest poker streamers. He had networked really well. And I was like, holy crap, like there's a totally different avenue to get in. And that started me originally obsessing about it. But I was broke. I had no money. I needed to dig myself out of the debt I was in. So I got a job. Did, at- did you know much about cards? I mean, ha- ha- had you? So I loved, yeah. So I loved poker my whole life. Um, ever since I was a little kid, me and my buddies in public school, we went through a pretty heavy gambling phase just on everything. We would like <laughs> try to throw a ball into a box and gamble on who could do it first or something. So we came across poker. All of us loved it. We'd have little poker nights at our house multiple times a week. And I was like decently better than my friends, not like hugely or anything, but like I would win more than I lost. And that made me just originally assume I'm amazing. Like I'm going to go online. I'm going to make a bunch of money. And Pretty much got to a point where after so long playing, I got break even. I got around break even. I just stopped losing and maybe winning a little bit here and there. And I had never studied nothing like that. So when I talked to Kevin, I was like, how'd you get good at poker? Like I've played way more hands than you, but you're definitely a way better player than me. And he explained to me um, going through a training program. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know these things existed. Like, I've just been playing recreationally, really enjoying it, thinking I would exponentially get better on my own. He's like, no, you can fast forward the process. So once I realized there was training programs and I had a blueprint on how to improve my game, I know I, like, I, I can put hard work and I can study, I can grind and I can improve. So I'm like, now that I have a path to do it, this Twitch poker thing seems super appealing because I couldn't have done it at the level I was at when I first heard about it. Right. So, that's what first got me into, I love cards my whole life, but that's what first got me into the idea of Twitch poker. So back to enterprise, I first start there and my master plan is I'm going to work there for six weeks. And this isn't a great story. It's not something I should like emulating other people to do, but it is like my journey. So my plan was to work there for six weeks, 
until I just made that number up in my head. So I thought I could get a line <laughs> of credit or a loan from the bank in that period of time, yeah. showing like two or three paychecks, the consistently working, stuff like that. And then I was going to quit and I was going to go buy all my computer equipment, use that as a nice little padding for my bankroll. I'd become profitable in poker. I was doing fairly well in like the micro state games, like 1650 and below within a year, I had won a little over 20 grand. And I was like, all right, this is all I need to start my channel now. So it ended up taking me nine months of working at enterprise before I was eligible for a line of credit from the bank. And that was my whole plan from day one. So it got pushed back. But the same plan, as soon as I got that line of credit, I got it for $27,500. As soon as that happened, I put in my two weeks notice the very next day. And two weeks from that, with 15 days from the day I gave my notice was my first day as a poker player. And then I had to move to a new apartment. So it took about six, eight weeks before I actually started streaming. November 6th, 2017 was the first stream I ever did. So that's kind of what happened with Enterprise and how I first got into streaming. So this is a transition. Enterprise, the transition. I stream cash games and like, I have to be monetarily incentivized to stream for three hours. And yeah. like, I need to take a, take a three or four hour nap when I'm done. Like it's just exhausting mentally for me. I did a 43 hour stream one time. Yeah. I, I read about that. And that is like insane. Very exhausting. Like I, by the end I had to, stand up and pace around because sitting down, I was starting to nod off and yeah. I had to get like ice packs out of my freezer and just start putting them on my chest to like jolt me awake. More. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, Bruno, Bruno Mars was playing at the commerce casino one time and he, I got into a game with him at about 6 PM. I think it was 6 PM and played until he quit, which was like 9 AM and was just, <laughs> it was like 13 hours and like yeah. was delirious. Oh like, yeah. I, went, I was so delirious and so tired that you, like we played a massive, massive pot where I flopped a set. And I remember thinking, like vividly thinking in my head, because he he's like thinking about calling. And I remember thinking like, am I dreaming right now? Like, am I, <laughs> am I playing a $30,000 pot with Bruno Mars? Like, is this even real? Yeah. Like, I remember like checking my hole cards to make sure I flopped a set. Like, because I have these, awesome. all my poker dreams, they, they're all the same. I, I don't know what it says about me, but it's like, I dream about it and like I have the nuts and then I go check my cards and I don't have the nuts anymore. Like what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. That's like, That's great. but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not much for the marathon sessions. I like 10 hours in a live session. I'm good. Yeah. Three or f- three hours online. That's pretty much all I can take. It's, I'm, it's very mentally, it just exhausts me. Like I, I feel useless. Yeah, it's something that I didn't expect as much before because I could always I always grinded like lots of hours, even back like when I wasn't profitable, I would put in like 16, 18 hour days because I just keep registering. And (laughs) when I got streaming those because I was streaming that long, especially my first few months, I streamed for a thousand hours in my first hundred and twenty five days live. So that was just I didn't take a day off for over four months, eight hours on average per day, every day. And some of those days would be 16, 18 hour days. And then like there was even a 24 hour stream mixed in there. And then another other ones would be like minimum was my four hours. But it's like 
the amount of exhaustion I experienced after a 16-hour stream compared to 16 hours of just grinding offline, they were just completely different things. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to reassess things because I didn't realize how extra it would be. Oh, yeah. Like interacting, the interaction plus playing. Like playing is tough enough. Yeah. But then like keeping everything together while you're talking to people and like you when you're streaming, um, you uh, have this you don't really want to show emotion, I guess. Yeah. Um, so like you're kind of suppressing emotion in a, in a lot of ways. I guess actually s- streaming makes me a little more emotional than not streaming. But yeah. it's, it's a weird thing. Like my whole poker career, I'm fine if nobody's watching me. Like yeah. I, I never react. But like if somebody's watching me, I feel like it's like necessary to react when I lose a massive pot. I, it's like some social, social thing that happens. I don't know why. I get what you're saying. For me personally, I had to, so I, I feel like I lessened my negative reactions. I always had like a little bit of a tilt issue as well to before streaming for sure. And I still experience it because you can't just shut that off, but I don't react as much to it because I'm always talking about how you shouldn't let tilt bug you and things like that. So it's like, I don't, I just feel like I don't have to show that part of me. And, and then on the flip side, I can like amp up my happiness and excitement because like people do like seeing pe- someone getting really into it and yeah, I get really fucking into it. So instead of <laughs> having to hold that in at all, like you can't do that live. So it's like, well, I'm streaming. I can just let it out and it feels great. And some people enjoy it. So it's like I suppress the anger and I let out extra joy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's natural for, for, like it's a great asset to have as a streamer to be able to express the joy and the happiness on stream. This is another issue that I've had probably my whole life is like just very even keel. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, even as like playing little league baseball, like when I was eight years old, we won the world series and like all my team is going crazy. And I'm just like completely stoic, (laughs) like no, no reaction, like poker face back then, you know, like, and I look at people, like I look at my, my children, showing so much excitement and joy and it's i'm like envious i'm like oh man i want to be like that like i want to i want to wear my my heart on my sleeve um so yeah that's uh it's definitely an asset in your case what's the most unexpected thing that's happened that's come from streaming poker so I guess I've never actually talked about this publicly yet but it's the first thing that comes to mind you said most unexpected right yeah. I had a viewer come into my channel this year and throughout the course of five months, they donated me over a hundred thousand dollars Canadian. Shut up. That's the most unexpected thing. But and then they they just left and they don't come around anymore. But there was a what? five month period from January, the first five months of this year. That's by far the I've little yeah. No one's ever asked a question like that, but that's for sure. It's you don't know any anything about them, like where they interact. I know their name. Like, I just knew a couple things about them. They were super interactive in chat, like they were a regular talking, saying hi to everyone coming in and stuff. But they got some type of thrill out of me playing. I play normally fifty five dollar games and below, and they had some type of thrill out of watching me play bigger buying games. They were not staking me into them. They were just donating money and asking me to play them. But they got me to play $100 and $500 spin and goes 
three to four times a week for months and they would just give me the money for them. It wow. was the most insane experience I've ever had. So, so from like a plus EV perspective, I mean, that 100K is worth much more. Um, it, oh, yeah. Like it, it created so much excitement in my channel as well. Like yeah. no one had ever really seen anything like that. And it just kept happening over and over. And like when you get donated money, it pops up on your screen and there's like a little alert that goes off. And it's like one day they gave me over 10 grand in one day. Like I wow. still don't know what to say or think about it. It's, it's you, insane. And you don't know where they went. You don't know. They just disappeared one day. They just literally disappeared one day. You felt it, you felt it slowing down and then they just, I don't know. They're off living their amazing <laughs> life, whatever life they live. Like they're, I can't believe they chose me to, express their i don't even understand what it is but i i couldn't believe it happened to me you hear of crazy stuff happen like this with like i've seen some viral stuff on youtube but like when it's happening to you you're just like this is every day was pretty much christmas morning because they could just <laughs> appear and be sent like it was crazy wow was crazy. i i i hope they're well <laughs> like i hope i hope that uh you know they didn't they weren't like on their last leg and just um you know, giving, giving back to yeah. that gave them some sort of joy at the end of their life. Like I, that's, that is crazy. It's really, it's really something that I can't put into logical words. It's just something that happened to me and I can't deduce why. Well, I mean, I, th- I think you got to hit the ego a little bit where you're, you got to be a, you know, you're a likable guy. I, I think we, we haven't spent much time together, but I, I get the feeling that you're a personable, likable guy. I don't know about a hundred K, but that's, but that's what I mean. Like, that's why I feel like I just got it obviously incredibly lucky. I just look at it as something lucky that, that, I, that happened in my life that like won't ever be recreated for however long I stream on Twitch. It's not like, it's not like that happens once in a while or once in a blue moon. It just doesn't really happen. So it was just a lucky anomaly. Somehow, some way our paths crossed and, they chose to do that to me. Did, did they start doing it right away? Or was it like a gradual thing? the very thing? first time they ever came into my stream. So I, I, I won a platinum pass, a ticket to the 25K in the Bahamas for Poker Stars. And I grind really hard. Like I wanted to grow my channel really hard. So when I was down there, instead of enjoying Bahamas, going out and enjoying the water parks and stuff, I decided I was going to stream all night because they had a streaming set up there. And they were streaming the PSPC some days getting 50, 50, 15 to 20,000 viewers. And then I would start my stream just before they ended. They'd host me all those viewers. So I'd have like four to 6,000 concurrent for like hours and hours after that host. So that was bigger things than my channel had ever seen. They came in one of those hosts. And the day they came, they gave me something like, $800 $800 and uh, maybe around six or 700 subs and each sub is $5. So that was the very first day. And six or seven. So you have this massive audience because of the, because they're hosting you. And then like that massive audience gets subs, which means they're probably going to come back to your channel. Like that is like the freaking jackpot. It was crazy. And on Twitch, the more subs you get, the more emote slots you can unlock. And that immediately catapulted me to have so many slots. I was like, 
and just the actual money of it. Like I was obviously doing the calculation every time they donated like a hundred subs, a hundred subs, a hundred subs. I was just like, they're just donating $500 every time they do that. Like this is illogical. I, <laughs> and then I streamed the next night and they did the exact same thing. So it went up to around 1300 subs in two days and about $1,400 or something. And that was the first two days they ever came into my channel. And that was January of this year. Oh, wow. That was January of this year. Yeah. Wow. That is, that, that's incredible. Yeah. So that's so, by far the most unexpected. <laughs> I, would, I would say so. That might, that's, that's probably up there in the most unexpected things that will happen to you in your life. I guess you did Absolutely. get, you did get cast on big brother too. That, that was probably <laughs> pretty unexpected too, right? That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about Big Brother Canada is I guess I had a lot more confidence with that. I was convinced I was going to get on the show because I was a super fan and I just did a lot of a lot of groundwork in order to try to get myself cast. But I didn't assume it would happen on my first time trying out. I thought like, OK, I'll make it. They'll notice me. I'll probably make it a little bit into the audition process. Then I'll see how the audition process works and I'll prepare better for next year. And then I thought it would take a few years. But yeah, I, it was such a big passion of mine before playing that it would have been cata- a catastrophic failure in my life if I couldn't make that happen. It sounds like one thing that you do is plan. You create, a, create a strategy, you create a system, and then you, you just go for it. Do you know where that comes from? That's just kind of how I'm programmed. Like It's, it's how my brain's wired. I'm really obsessed with statistics. So when I formulated my plan for Twitch, I looked at the top 25, 30 biggest streamers. And then I looked up websites that tracked all their analytics and all their stats, everything about them. And I learned how fast each of them are growing. Then I figured out their schedules, figured how many hours they were streaming, like, and what times a day they were streaming. And I formulated a game plan. I just realized there were so many openings in Twitch poker for someone like me who was willing to go really, really hard. And once I started judging all their analytics, I was like, oh, I could go five, six days a week. And if I go really hard and get any traction, I'll be in the mid-level race before too long. And it made me very confident. So I think that's what helps me. I just, I can track analytics and stats and just be like, oh, there's opportunity. Yeah. And then, and then I formulate my own plan based off of like, off of numbers that and um, goals that I have based on what everyone else did. So it gives me a pretty solid mindset to go into something with knowing this is what other people have done. This is what's possible. This is what people who failed did. And I just need to be above that. Yeah. These are, these are greatness bombs. So so it's like whenever you have a path to follow it, it makes the journey where you're streaming to like, you know, two people, and three people, it makes it worth it because you know that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if mm-hmm. you just just stick through. And Absolutely. nothing happens overnight, um, pretty much nothing. Uh, very mm-hmm. few things happen overnight. And so just knowing that you stick to the path, good things will happen. That's great motivation to, to keep on keeping on, right? Yeah, definitely. One of the things that caused me to work the hardest was just – the fear of failure. So it's like I set really high goals and expectations for myself. But I was also like, if I attain these things that I'm going to do, it's for sure going to be super beneficial for me. 
And I can work so hard at this now so I don't have to go back to some type of job like enterprise that I hate. And so, yeah, like like I said, I streamed a thousand hours in my first 125 days. One of the reasons I did that was because Twitch loves crazy challenges. And one of the things that all the other streamers were very regularly saying was how hard it is to stream consistently and, and how beneficial it is for your channel to also be consistent. So it's like, they're saying it's really hard and it's really important to take days off, rest your mind, which is very true. The I'm two <laughs> years into this now, I'm like, I'm agreeing with them 100%. Right. But hungry early at the very beginning, especially used to doing my long grinds all the time, I was like, this is an angle I can bring that's different from what other people are doing. Like, I would always say, I'm not going to be the best at poker. I'm not going to be the most entertaining. I'm not going to... I'm not going to be like some, what some of the other guys are, like the funniest. But what I can do is I have no other obligations in my life other than committing to this. Other people have to go do live events. Other people have families, girlfriends, wives, kids, stuff <laughs> like that. Me, I was like, I, I have this and I, and I have the work ethic to do it. So all I have to do is implement a plan that I feel like people will be impressed by and then do it. And when I first started it was a general consensus around Twitch. Like this new guy is crazy. He's fucked. He, he's talking shit. He's not going to be able to back up what he's saying because he's never streamed before and he's ex- going to expect it to be easier than it was. I did expect it to be a little easier than it was, but they also didn't understand how prepared I was. And this wasn't a whim. I had put so much time and energy into this and I'd been studying Twitch for like a year and a half before I ever hit the live button, just everyone's analytics and numbers. And, and I knew it was possible to do. It was just going to be something that took everything I had in me, but every single streamer, every top streamer that was on my list knew who I was because of it, because no one had ever done that before. And poker stars reached out right away. And I was getting deals from different sites immediately. And I was like, this is wild. How, how long did it take poker stars to reach out? So they reached out about offering me challenges. Um, I was, what does working, that mean? A challenge? So I'll ex- it, w- it ended up being my platinum pass, but at that moment, that's all they gave me. Um, I was doing stuff with like ACR at the time and, uh, natural eight was we were actually really close to signing a deal. They, they created a little cartoon avatar of me and put it live on their site before our deal was actually official, <laughs> which was so funny. So it's like, and then poker stars came right around. They were, they were impressed by the challenge and they were like pretty much. So you like doing challenges, eh? Like we'll challenge you then we're, we're going to come up with something. We don't know what it's going to be for, but we're just going to offer you a challenge. Do you accept it? And I'm like, I'll beat anything you guys give me. Like, absolutely, <laughs> I accept it. Like, let's go. And it turned out being for a platinum pass. And they gave me 12 different challenges I had to complete throughout the year. So I wasn't, uh, yeah, I was still playing with other sites and doing other things. But then Poker Stars came around and offered that. And that was my first interaction with them. How long did it take you to complete the challenge? So it took all, so I ended up getting the platinum pass on Christmas day and um, it it took like six months, five or six months or something because they would just like, I didn't get all the challenges at once. They would give me a challenge. I'd have to complete it. I wouldn't know what the next one was. So it was a really, really cool thing for me as a brand new streamer. Like they reached out 
probably around the six month mark with that. So that was oh, quicker than I had expected. Even though when I streamed for the 125 days in a row, I tweeted poker stars every single day in a row because I needed them. I needed to be on the radar. <laughs> Sounds so, sounds like you have a marketing background too. <laughs> uh, my, my dad, actually, absolutely, I do have a marketing background. <laughs> my dad is pretty much in a company that markets solely. So yeah. So you grew up. He's been doing that his whole life. Yeah, he like works for worked for Yellow Pages. So it's like literally they just market people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like he ended up leaving Yellow Pages and opening up his own company, doing the exact same job that he did for Yellow Pages. Only he literally took all his massive clients to his company and was like, "Well, <laughs> you can still have them, Yellow Pages, but like I'm the middleman now." And right. So yeah, it was a it was a super smart idea on his part, and I learned a lot about networking and marketing through my dad. And, and for the folks watching this or listening to this in the the audio format. Basically, keep yourself in front of whoever it is that, you know, just remind them that you exist, right? Those tweets put their name, put your name in front of their faces and reminds them every day that you exist. And they just mm-hmm. add, add up over time that when they have a challenge, when they have somebody they want to work with, oh, Arlie, of course, he, he's tweeting us every day. Of course, yeah. we're going to go to him. Never be shy. I think out of all the episodes that I've done of this show, that's like a recurring theme is don't be shy. Like you, you want to build your poker network. Don't be shy. Talk to people, reach out to coaches, spend money on training sites, on courses, get involved, talk to people, build a network, build a tribe. You, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with in mm-hmm. a poker sense, get in there and find those five people. Right. Yeah. I love that saying itself really resonated with me uh, maybe like five plus years ago. It's just like, it is true. You are the average of like, or your average income will be that of the five people you're closest with or like, and it's, it's so true. And I was, I may, I had to make some changes in my life in order to exactly what you said, get out there and find a new path and find some good people around you to motivate you that are also doing well in their life. Not just saying they're doing well, like they're actually doing what you want to be doing. And that's how you, you make it happen. And there's a massive difference in the people that the dreamers and the doers, you, you want the doers because mm-hmm. again, you, you hang out with four dreamers. Guess what? You're going to be a dreamer too. You yeah. hang out with four doers. You, you, you are a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what is your process look like? Like on a granular level for improving your poker game on a you know, day-to-day basis? My shift changed a lot more from getting better and better at poker to having a more successful stream. It was a weird shift that mentally I had to accept. I'm it's always a constant battle because I do want to continue to improve at poker, especially at the rate I was improving before I became a Twitch streamer. But I personally right now has have streamed more hours on Twitch poker than any partnered poker streamer in the world since the day I went live. And I've had to make sacrifices doing that. And one of the sacrifices is the amount I studied. That definitely went down. But there's been so much success with my Twitch channel and like with what happened at the beginning of this year with all those donations, (laughs) made it really easy to just grind, 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 not study as much. So I've absolutely noticed a leveling off of my gameplay and um, 
I, I do have massive plans of maybe at the end of this year, slowing down the hours a little bit, putting more time into studying and improving. I Because I went through um, Ryan's program. I've gone through a good chunk of that since he released it. And I got some coaching from Ryan LaPlante, actually. And um, it really did. This was just recently. So it really opened my mind again to how much I can improve if I just put extra time and work into studying. So yeah, I'm profitable, like $55 games and below if I'm like playing proper, proper games, game selecting and late regging at proper times and stuff like I'm profitable in those, but I would love to put in the extra time and really take it to the next level. But yeah, as you know, that takes a lot of work. It's not just going to happen because I want it to. Yeah. It's a lifetime of growth and learning and it makes sense, though, that most of your focus is on your Twitch stream because, you know, throughout this whole conversation, like I'm a, I'm a goal centric human being mm-hmm. and your none of your goals have involved money. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, this is the first thing that stands out. None of your goals have involved the pursuit of money and your stream is at the forefront. Like you said, you know, and you have to make sacrifices, right? You want to be yeah. you want to stream more than anybody else in the world on Twitch for two years, you have to sacrifice, period. I asked a a friend of mine, I've talked about him a number of times, he's Olympic gold medalist and, you know, because he's a a father now. And I asked him, like, how do you manage this balance between being a father and a world-class athlete, like the best at what you do in the whole world? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, it's, it's very simple and easy. You don't. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you can't be, you know, you, you can be a parent and a world-class athlete, a world-class Twitch streamer, world-class poker player, but you're not going to be very involved in your, in your kid's life. And that's mm-hmm. just the truth of it. You have to sacrifice because everybody else is sacrificing. All the other poker players, they're spending time, you know, the, the guys you want to beat, they're spending three to four hours a day studying. They have their tribe of people that they're connected to who are also the best in the world, whose Mm -hmm. only job is to get better at poker. And that's what you're competing with. So it's hard. I mean, to Mm -hmm. to really, really compete at the super high levels is something that not many people can do. And the same goes for Twitch. Not many people can do what you have done. It's just too tough of an endeavor. They get burned out. Like you said, they have other responsibilities. You know, I'm a poker player, so autonomy I, I've loved my whole life. Um, just yeah. having the ability to look at my computer and say, fuck you, computer. <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting on my computer today. I'm yeah. going to do something that I actually want to do and that's Absolutely. that I that I enjoy. So having that discipline, you know, self-discipline, how, where did that come from? I, I, I think it all just comes from my when I'm really going after something, I just look at my competition and see how they're doing things and want to succeed over them. So that drives me to just go harder. So, and that's a form of discipline in my mind. Cause it's like, okay, maybe they're not disciplined in certain areas, or if they want to take a day off cause they're feeling it, they will take that day off. And for me, that's where I find my edge and that's where I could had my stats extra. If I get a massive host from a big streamer and I'm holding a lot of extra viewers, I won't go offline. I'll start a brand new session of games. And those are the days I'll go 15, 16 hours because I'm like, well, if I'm just going to stop after nine, 10 hours today, go to bed, wake up and start tomorrow without 
barely any viewers compared to what I have right now. Why wouldn't I just start a full new session right now? And it's just logic and drive, I guess. Like I just logically understand how much that will help because I study my stats so much and other people might just take it off. They just might be like, ah, and those are the people I'm competing against. So it also excites me when I see other people not doing it. I'm like, oh, great. Like, this is my edge. What is the goal? What's the goal with Twitch? Yeah, so I've actually been trying to figure that out lately too because I attained all the set goals I had a lot quicker than I expected. And I don't have an exact new goal yet. I think, like I just kind of mentioned, that it might be raining back the hours a bit because I don't need to, I did this out of fear of failure as well. Like didn't want to go back to a job I hated. So I'm going to give it my heart and soul. And then if I fail, I'm not going to hate myself again. Like I'll, I'll be happy that I tried and gave it everything. So I'm in a comfortable position now. I'm not worried about if my channel is going to fail or not. So I can maybe take my foot off the gas with the hours a little bit. And it'd be nice to start improving again at poker instead of leveling off, which is what I feel like's happened. So it's probably going to be the game plan moving forward. Yeah, I think it's so hard, like these pursuit of goals. And when you actually reach, reach them to have another goal right behind it and not like fall into a depression. I think, I believe it was Ryan LaPlante. We, we talked about it yesterday where folks they reach their goal and then they just drop off. They become like the number one Twitch streamer. And then it's like, they stop streaming as much because what now? Like they, Mm -hmm. they got what they, what they wanted to accomplish. They reached, they reached the end of the rainbow. So, yeah, I I think that's definitely something to be wary of, you know? Um, I agree. Another thing. I feel it. I felt it. I've been trying to actually come up with like concrete something new. And it's like, Man, I already, uh, my goals were supposed to last so much longer than this. Like, I did not expect to be signed by PokerStars at this point. That was always pretty much one of the end goals. So now it's like, ah, I need to rework the framework and come up with some new cool stuff that I really strive for. Yeah, it's not it's not bad reaching all your goals <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, I guess I there, are worse, there are worse things that could happen. I was super happy with it. So what do you think, you know, we've talked about mindset a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you, you had a tilt problem. Have you had any breakthroughs um, as far as like high impact things folks can do to improve their mindset um, to maybe, you know, if they're a Twitch streamer, maybe to push through and stream on that day that they want to take off? Yeah. Um, do you have anything you'd like to share in that area? Definitely push through it because you're going to experience it so often if you give in to the tilt or if you make it cause you to punt your games off or rage quit or anything like that you're just going to be in that position so often you have to start accepting it. And for me, what I do, and again, everyone's wired differently. I see some people that aren't affected the way I'm affected. I'm like jealous. I'm like, damn, they actually just don't tilt the way I do. That's great. And then I see other people who like, you can see maybe do tilt a little bit, but they can talk themselves off a ledge. Like they can like, they can like talk sense into themselves. So I fall more into the latter category where it's like some people naturally brush shit off or they've trained themselves so well over so long that it doesn't get to them as much. Me, I can very quickly now logically be like, okay, this happened for this reason. Like it's either one of your insecurities coming out. Like maybe you were unsure if this was the right move or not. 
you ended up maybe looking like a goof to everyone watching you. Like maybe that's why you're tilting. And I go through this in my head really quick, but it's like, I wish I could just snap my fingers and know all those things that I was just about to tell myself. I still have to like have the talk with myself and be like, calm down. It's like, you have a great life. Like you're streaming poker for a living. This is the dream. This is what you wanted. And all I need to do is like say that to myself for 10, 15 seconds and I'm fine, but I don't have it naturally right away yet. Yeah. And so when I started doing this show, I think this is when I learned talking to all of these poker players, um, people that I, that I look up to that I respect in big ways. And I've learned that like, everybody deals with it and everybody faces existential crises throughout their poker career. Mm-hmm. And I, it used to feel very alone, like, wow, <laughs> you know, these guys kick ass every day and, and, you know, they lose a $20,000 pot and they don't bat an eye. It's like, you know, I want to be that stoic. Like I, I want to be able to just, you know, say chips and rebuy and <laughs> not, not feel the anger and the frustration and the annoyance. And I guess that, in a way, from the outside looking in, people can probably say the same thing about me. Like I've had folks tell me, like, you always seem to have it together. Like you're, you're never going on tilt or anything like that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you're not in my brain. <laughs> my, <laughs> my brain, it's a different story. Um, yeah, you just express it differently. Right. And, and every single poker player that I've talked to. So, you know, find, take solace in that fact that all these dudes I talk to, whether they outwardly show it, they deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. it. Humans are just emotional creatures. You can't turn it off. It's just part of the game. Poker is an emotional game and it's a game of people. And so you manage the emotions. You learn how to have awareness of them. And that's really all all you can do. You you don't want to turn your emotions off, actually. You you need to have emotion while you're playing and while you're just living life in general. Emotions are beneficial. Definitely. So we've probably gone through this, but uh, maybe we can expand a little. When you think of joy in your, your poker career, what's the first memory that comes to mind? Completing. So again, there are, there's more streaming memories. Sure. Um, yeah. It would be completing my thousand hour streaming streak because that was such a big pinnacle and probably one of the hardest things I've done mentally. Like, so the first 50, 60 days of that streak, again, I'm grinding almost exclusively 33 and below. And then 55 and below at some point I I was taking a little bit more shots but the first 50 or 60 days I was up $13,000 great for me where I was at Um, I was really happy with it especially while that was my first time streaming too so it was nice to be going just right on the up and up and then by the end of the 125 day streak I think I was up around nine eight or nine grand so it's like I just went slowly down for the next like two and a half months, whatever it was. And it was so hard mentally because I knew I was playing like my D minus poker game. because (laughs) I just streamed so much every day. And the craziest part of that challenge was I was a brand new poker streamer. I'm the worst person you will ever meet with technology. It's like I was having so many issues off stream. So I'd have to stream for eight hours. Then I had to do like four or five hours of tech review day after day with like Ugh. random people remote accessing my computer. I, I bought the wrong computer that didn't have a graphics card. So my stream was crashing once in a while. I had to literally buy a new computer and get it custom made and have it all replaced like while still keeping the stream going and this streak going. And 
there were so many issues. My internet was spliced with my neighbors and that was causing my stream to drop. And the internet company was lying to me, telling me that there was no issue, but I had a tech guy literally like analyze everything and be like, okay, this is what's happening. Like they're just lying to you. So I had to get a second internet company to just come in. So I had two internets at the same time for a while. <laughs> All of this was causing me so much extra stress while I'm trying to complete this. If I had started the challenge a few months into me streaming, all that stuff would have been ironed out. But the day I finished the streak, and I can still look back at it and be like, like that gives me that gave me some of the biggest joy for sure. I was so ecstatic because with three weeks left, I thought I could fail. What were you thinking in your head? I can't believe I actually did it, and that there was no factor that I didn't take into consideration that stopped it. One thing that scared me really shitless for a few days um, was there's this one video of, I guess it's a pretty crazy video where pretty much a guy is skinny dipping and you see him from behind jumping into the water. That's uh-huh. all I'll say about it. And um, <laughs> the, my one friend in chat, who's also a streamer, shout out to Patrick Tardif. He said that I should show the video on stream because it sounded hilarious and you're not allowed to show any nudity on stream. I didn't know this. <laughs> uh-huh. So I showed the video clip on stream, and he instantly was like, oh, my God, I didn't think you were actually going to show it. Like, uh. you could get your channel banned for that. So it's Ooh. like I'm like 70, 80 days into 125-day streaming streak, sweating so hard for the next week that, like, I de- deleted the VOD. But it's like if someone clipped it and reported me, like, even someone who doesn't like me that was watching, like, I was so scared. So it's like there's factors that I didn't consider that could have ended this. So once it officially ended, I was like, like I made it. It happened. Like nothing came in the way of it. That's awesome, man. And yeah, yeah, nudity. Nudity on stream I hear is uh, (laughs) not good. It's discouraged. (laughs) Highly, highly discouraged. (laughs) Do you feel like you're spending a ton of time trying to improve your game but just aren't seeing the fruits from your labor that you feel you ought to be? Or maybe between work, family, friends, hobbies, and the latest episodes of The Watchmen, you feel like you just don't have extra time laying around to invest into dramatically improving your poker game. What if you could skyrocket your growth and gain clarity on exactly where you're going wrong in a fraction of the time it would take you to figure it out on your own? There's a quote I absolutely love that describes why it will always take you much longer to learn on your own versus having a coach. Quote, you can always tell who the pioneers are because they have arrows in their back and are lying face down in the dirt. End quote. What if, instead of poker being this giant nut that feels virtually impossible to crack, you've been following the path of most resistance simply because you've never had a trusted guide to show you an easier way? How much time, money, and energy is it going to cost you to find poker success all by yourself? Instead, let me, Coach Brad, be your guide. In our sessions together, I'll help you discover a proven path that will dramatically improve your poker game and change the way you approach playing cards. Because my number one priority is to make myself readily available to my students, I require them to commit to a minimum of one coaching session per week and I will only be accepting up to six students at any given time. So if you're ready to break through the struggles and commit to reaching poker greatness, you can sign up for coaching sessions with me at enhanceyouredge.com slash coaching. 
One more time, that's enhanceyouredge.com slash coaching. Thank you very much for your time and enjoy the rest of the show. So the opposite question, uh, when you think of pain in your Twitch poker career, what's the first memory that comes to mind? I guess it would just be like specific deep runs or something. I had a rough scoop where I took a bunch of shots and literally just bricked everything. Like I would make final tables when I was like second out of nine and end up nine out of nine, like four or five times in a row. And I was like, just literally cool, getting cooler out of your mind. And it's like, I just, (laughs) that was my scoop. I would say this scoop that I had that this year was just my biggest. I was really just down to take some shots, which I don't normally do. And, and yeah, they just obviously shot taken. There's a lot of variance and also a lot of better skilled players and, it didn't go the way I planned it to. So that was, was the overall biggest. What was the financial result of the scoop? Um, so if you include the shots I took before scoop, because I took a bunch of shots leading up to scoop, and then also during scoop, I probably lost between 50 and 20, 15 and 20 grand, something like that, which is, again, I vastly just play $55 games and below. So that is way more than I ever lost. And, ever had like but it's only been six months but yeah i don't see me ever losing that chunk of money that fast ever again what month is scoop you said it's is it it's, like so the spring championship of online poker i, oh, okay. I don't know i can't yeah one of the spring months but that that was during the time where you're, you were getting your anonymous donations too right which is also why i yeah that exactly lines up to why i wanted to take the shots i had extra money and i just got announced by poker stars so i was like yeah. it'd be nice to get a nice big bank as a fresh poker stars pro and i had absolutely a bunch of extra money so <laughs> it, it, but again like the fact that i had so many really good opportunities that each one fell short on the last day when the last one fell short i was just like that's i was just so annoyed like that was a the, i haven't had many lows my biggest low is some guy donated me a bunch of money and i was shot took <laughs> with it and it didn't go great like yeah yeah, had, that, that's had a fun. mysterious benefactor who <laughs> paid for twenty percent of your shot taking. Whoa, that's tough, man. I don't know. How'd you make it through? Is there any <laughs> secrets you can share? It's a tough life I'm living <laughs> over here. <laughs> uh, so imagine, let's imagine there's a carbon copy of yourself right now that maybe wants mm-hmm. to get into Twitch streaming. If you could, if you could sit that person down, give them some advice. What would you tell them straight away? So one of the biggest things I would say, which is kind of funny because it's the opposite of what I did but I'd say that I don't have to go as hard as I went because I again a lot of that the first six eight months was fear of failure and even once I got got to a point where I was I knew that things were going really really well I still couldn't shake the going all the time got to keep going can't lose the momentum and I just would have gone at a slower pace and experienced slower growth but everything would have still been on an amazing path that I could have I could have enjoyed life more like not even enjoyed life more one of the things that I let slack for sure was health and fitness like most of my life I was in decent shape and uh, healthier but while streaming I would just sit around all day completely stopped working out for like a year and um 
and ordering disgusting food just delivered to my door day after day. And it was glorious. But I packed on, I packed on some pounds for sure. How many pounds? So um, I did a bet with my buddy, again, Patrick, who I showed out earlier. Um, And I was 220, so I'm six feet tall. I was 227 earlier this year. So maybe around sometime in the spring. And then I started like realizing, okay, that's the biggest I've ever been. Like I'm going to start eating really clean and working out. I was doing that for a bit, lost some weight, but then me and Patrick came up with a bet. It was a nine week bet where I had to, we both had to lose weight, work out four times a week and eat clean every day. And the goal was so we could both break even and just be healthier people. And by the end of that bet, which ended at the beginning of October, I was uh, 189. So I had lost like 27 pounds or something just from the bet and a little bit more if you include the work you know what I was doing before so I feel good about that and I would like and I can keep that up I can maintain working out and eating clean I just need to stream a little bit less like and that's what I should have just done the whole time like I shouldn't have sacrificed any health or any any physical activity for the streaming but I was so in the mentality of like I need to have the most hours I need to go hard and I was so just in that mode for a while that I thought I had to sacrifice everything else like we said like I'm so all or nothing on some things and yeah that would have been my biggest advice just you're gonna be fine you like I realize now this is probably what I'm supposed to be doing I really enjoy streaming for people I really enjoy poker it's a great combination and um I should have, I would have just told myself, you're going to be fine. Go at about 80% what you were planning on going at. And you'll look back and be, have being solid shape still, like be eating good, probably feel a little better. Like, and then you'll still be in a very um, comfortable position with your channel. So that would have been my advice. What are the, what are the differences between not being in shape and being in shape while you stream prepping for the stream? Um, you know, because I, I feel like there would be major benefits in just how you feel your focus, your energy levels. Uh, is that the case as well? Well, I think the biggest thing was just it didn't change too much, if I'm honest. Like, really? I know other people notice big difference in themselves. For me, I didn't I just felt better, but I still feel like my stream was kind of the same. Like I, I, I just felt physically better. Because yeah. once, once, yeah, you're eating garbage and you're not working out. But I was still really upbeat and like really having a good time. I guess eating whatever you want just puts you mentally in a really good place too. <laughs> like, because yeah. I was mentally in good places for different reasons. Like knowing I'm about to crush some Chinese food on break and like, and have a pop or something makes me feel happy. Like I'm excited that's about to happen. And yeah. then after you eat it, you're all full. And you're like, oh, that was so good. Like, you're not hungry anymore. And like, when I'm being all healthy, um, I feel physically better. But it's more of a mental battle where it's like, okay, like, got to food prep, got to have clean meals, drinking so much water. Like, so, but yeah, since you feel physically better, then mentally you're doing pretty good as well. So it's so, a fun little trade-off. Yeah, so, sounds like you're a ball of energy. Just naturally have, <laughs> have a lot of energy. Um, I have my whole life for sure. Just, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a loud dude. I get easily excited and I like expressing <laughs> it. <laughs> there you go. I mean that these are all blessings. Um, birth <laughs> for blessings. Poker specifically. <laughs> for stre- you were made to stream poker, sir. This is, 
you know, plus you, you know, you have the comparison of Enterprise Rent-A-Car and uh, washing cars in like, you know, zero degree Fahrenheit weather that probably makes you happy about getting some Chinese food and streaming on Twitch. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would make videos. My my last like few months uh, at Twitch, I mean, uh, at uh, Enterprise, I would make videos walking into work when it was like snowing and I was freezing cold and I had just a video under the camera being like, this is the last time you'll ever put yourself in a position where you have to do something that you don't want to do like this. Like once you get going streaming in poker, you're going to go so hard. Nothing's ever going to stop you. And it's like, that's just the mentality I had. Like I knew I'd put myself in a bad position by partying and traveling for a while. And it was irresponsible of me to do that, but it was still an amazing time of my life. But, and I always knew I had the potential to do bigger things and enterprise was just a stepping stone. But I also knew that, I could fail if I didn't work super hard. So those videos were like, remember how you feel in this moment and never let it happen again. I go yeah. back and watch them sometime. I'm like, this is hilarious. I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you got to share these videos, man. You got to put them out there. I will eventually. Um, I have them all hidden. These like transient emotions that just come and go, you can lose them and you can forget about them. And so it's really good. And also when building a self-image, it's good to put it on record. You know, I think one of the the goal setting advices that I give folks is you're on, you, you want to quit smoking, tell everybody you're quitting smoking, put it on yeah. Facebook, like create some social proof because you, you want to live up to this self image. Mm-hmm. So you make those videos, you look at them and you realize this is the self I want to be. I need to live up to that. So you, yeah. it, it gets you pumped, gets you motivated. What do you feel? So folks who are, you know, this is chasing poker greatness. We'll go to chasing, uh, Twitch greatness. What do you feel folks who are chasing their uh, Twitch greatness, what do you think they spend too much time thinking about? I think a lot of people view it more as a, and and it's hard for me to get in other people's head because I'm just wired the way I'm wired. But I think a lot of people take it more as a pastime or a hobby than actually trying to force it into a career. For me, it was always like, I want to make this a career. I can make this a career. I see what the people who got signed by poker companies have done. I understand their growth and how fast it happened. I get how many days a week they were streaming. I can emulate this. But I think other people are just more in it to have a little bit of fun and and they enjoy poker. Maybe they they want uh, to have a little bit of an audience. They think it'll be cool. And they're kind of just going to see where it goes. Um, again, I'm just kind of guessing, but I feel like, yeah, if, if anything, it just depends what their goal is with it. Like, if yeah, they need a plan and to, a goal. Yeah, like if their goal is to get signed by a poker company, then I would say don't look at it so casually. Create a game plan on how to do it. But if they just are doing it casually and that's all they want, then that's also fine. Like just enjoy it and do what you're doing. Uh, right. It just depends exactly yeah, what they're thinking. Yeah, so come up with a set of goals, and if your goal is to crush it and you know right, get signed by Poker Stars, be a Poker Stars pro, then take it seriously. Create a path and, and follow through. Don't take mm-hmm. the days off and just you know dedicate your life to it. Again, you have to make sacrifices for greatness. It's just the the natural order of things. Yeah. Um, what's some common poker advice? you hear that you completely disagree with? I, I Well, I wouldn't say... I, nothing that I disagree with is popping to the top of my head, but one thing that I always think is 
solid advice, but very funny when other people say it and don't follow it is stuff about bankroll management. Because I found so many of, and I understand things were different back in the day, um, but I understand like so many top players had zero bankroll management and got their big, huge bank playing above their bankroll early and it catapulted their career. Games were so softer, so it was less risky to do it. But I've always just found it a little funny hearing players that I know have had zero bankroll management advocating for it, even though it's still the proper thing to advocate for. I, I just find that kind of funny. You kind of have, you have to say it, right? Like as a public figure, say it. be a yeah. gunslinger and just put it all in on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I'll say this about about bankroll management, and this is something that's never made sense to me, ever. Is are the people that get stuck in micro stakes and like grinding up through like f- playing cash games five and L and ten and L or these like ultra small tournaments? You know that's great to learn how to play and put some theory into practice, but like if you're making less money playing micro stakes than you could make at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, go work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, save money for your bankroll, and then play a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, until you know your hourly rate is comparable to that of enterprise rent a car, like that. That's always something that's for bankroll management. It's like you have a thousand dollars to your name. Yeah, take more risks because you can make a thousand dollars. You have a hundred thousand. Okay, maybe don't take as many risks because it's much harder to make a hundred thousand than it is to make a thousand. But like yeah. the smaller your bankroll is, take risks. And if you go bust. Get a job and save some money because you can replace this income very easily. So, like, I can get behind that for sure. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, be be riskier when you have a smaller bankroll. I think, but you know, there's also these stories of like, yeah, like Bryn Kinney putting fifty percent of his net worth uh, on the line. Like, this yeah. is <laughs> that's sick. He told that story too. Yeah, that's just unbelievable to me. And you know, he obviously crushed it. But I I do have concern for. I have concerns when it comes to people doing things like this because I do know that you do have a risk of ruin. Like, no matter how much money you make, there's always a risk of ruin, especially when you're willing to be so gambling. So, oh, yeah, like there's for sure a bunch of people who would have been household names in poker who did that exact same thing and went broke and then never could break through after. Maybe they got themselves like back in the day for sure, all those people who have stories about how they put all their net worth into a game and, and then won a couple hundred grand. There's a bunch of other people who had equal potential that did that went broke and never, ever, maybe just was like, I'm done with poker forever or many different things. Like, yeah. Yeah, they just so, disappeared. You, you don't hear those stories because nobody's they, listening when they exist, tell them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, exactly. they're, they tell those stories to their family and friends. Right. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else hears been it. Daniel. <laughs> God damn, Ace on the River. <laughs> um yeah it's uh number two is like build your poker network again like talk to people develop your skill set it's better to have a skill set with a network of people and go absolutely broke than have a shitload of money with no network and minimal skill set because if you do have a network and people that believe in you you can get staked you can get in action you know there are plenty of people that like giving money to good poker players when Mm -hmm. they're broke I can say that myself, I've made money off of a good, uh, well, a friend of mine who has gone broke multiple times for doing just, oh man, the stories that I could tell this guy. But like uh, one story in particular, I remember 
and this is just the mentality of some folks in the poker world. But we were we were traveling to Biloxi. I was staking him in a tournament. He he was working at Denny's in okay. Minnesota. So I'm like, hey man, you want to come down? I'm gonna go to Biloxi. Uh, I'll stick you in these tournaments. It was like I think twenty five hundred dollars in tournaments. He's like, sure. So we go down. We're driving to Biloxi from Tennessee. It's like a I think it's a seven hour drive. And he looks at me and he tells me, Brad, if if I could win a hundred dollars. Just one hundred dollars, that would be so huge for me. And this is a guy who had more skill than me. He like yeah. just an amazing, amazing poker player with all the potential in the world. Like, you don't run into many people like that. I haven't in my career. Yeah. And we go down there, very first tournament, fucking snaps it off. There's like a nine hundred fifty person field for like sixty five K. Uh, he's battling heads up. He looks at me, comes over and asks me, Hey, they're at, they're offering this deal. Do you think I should take it? And I'm like, hell no, like go kick their ass, man. So like he wins it straight up, gets his bracelet within two days. He's playing thousand dollar hand blackjack within two days. This is like less than a week removed from saying a hundred dollars would be huge yeah. for me. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's, uh, this is just the danger of people who like have gambling addictions and people that, just can't control themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's I, tough. That's tough, though. Like, especially to witness that, it's like because I don't have that in me. I could never. I'm just wired a different way. Thankfully, like I, I, some people are just to to witness the non logic in in the disconnect in where he was and what he's doing and from an extremely logical human being. Otherwise, yeah. it's very, very hard to wrap my head around still how that stuff happens. But but I also realize I'm just looking at it from my brain and vantage point and other people have other vices and other ways that their brain works. And they obviously are not looking at it the way I'm looking. So, yeah, it's hard to project my thoughts on them because I'm like they're, they have a different way of thinking. And I think when it comes to like bankroll management and people giving advice on that, I think they the thought process are for people like this, like my friend. But yeah. at the end of the day, I, I think that having this kind of leak in your poker game in life, you're not going to be able to overcome it. No matter how much money you earn, no matter how well you do. Oh, yeah. um, and you're just giving it, happily giving it back to a game that you do not have an edge in and that you know in your brain they have the edge in. Yeah. But just put, if you're going to take shots, just play big poker, which still <laughs> wouldn't suggest, but it's better than blackjack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, he was playing, uh, you know, $1,000, $2,000 sit and goes at the same time. Like he was, <laughs> he was also playing the, he was doing both. Like yeah, I had, I had action, <laughs> had action in the sit and goes, didn't have action in the blackjack, Amazing, but yeah, he, he, he went, good. he went home with like a hundred thousand in cash, like a hundred dollars. He went home with a hundred well, K then six months later was struggling again. Um, yeah. Another a guy that I, I've experienced too is Chino Reem, who's made okay. oh my god, like just something an insane amount of money. But I've played Pot Limit Omaha with him, where it's like he just pots it in the dark every hand, and I, I don't, I, I don't know. It's I, I think that I think that some folks need the struggle. They need to need it. Um, they need mm-hmm. need to be. It's like a feeling that they're after. Um, I get, and, and they also sometimes when they get actually that desperate, then they realize like, oh, like I'm good. Like I can make it like your buddy. He needed that hundred dollars. He's going to be playing his A plus plus game trying to get that hundred bucks. 
then once he has the hundred dollars, like he doesn't need it anymore. Yeah. Not playing his A plus plus game. So yeah, some people do need to need it. Yeah, it's uh it's a weird the psychology of poker players, it's a weird, weird thing. Um yeah. it, it so let's segue. Segue back to my questions. Um and me me talking less. Uh, if you could gift all poker players one book, and it doesn't have to be poker related specifically, what book would it be and why? Oh, one book. And if you don't like books, maybe a piece of content or something that resonates with you, get you pumped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read an incredible amount of books lately. There's a few popping to head, but if we include content as well, I would say... One of the most beneficial interactions I had uh, in the last few years uh, in poker would be the coaching session I got from Ryan LaPlante. How long ago was that? It was a couple months ago. Ryan is very highly intelligent. And the way he coached me through, so this would be more specific poker advice, but it just helped with how I looked at getting better at poker too. The way he coached me was unlike other coaching I had, like he had a a really, really good way of shifting his mindset from playing high stakes to shifting into my stakes. And it's like other coaches I've had, sometimes I felt like were telling me more stuff that like they do in their high stakes games. And it's like, he, and I haven't had a crazy amount of coaching, but I have, I have had multiple, multiple poker coaches and there was something about Ryan where he connected with me really really well he understood like how I was thinking about the game and he he gave me like multiple epiphanies throughout our session where it's like he in every hand against every opponent is always switching between playing like a more GTO based like standard uh approach against like other good regs to if they have any hint that they're a recreational player, he has a completely different strategy and he switches back and forth in the same hand. He's like, well, this guy's a reg, this guy's a rec. And he would immediately be able to gauge how to play against them and translate it to me in a way that hadn't been done before because other pros and stuff or coaches could explain it or like, start explaining it but they could never get as in depth or connect with me in the way he did so that that was massive for for the way i looked at poker coaching is just uh really finding a coach that you can connect with and you really trust everything they're saying because you know they're backing it up like and yeah he was really good at explaining in my little like 30 dollar games exactly what i should be doing he's like the vast majority of them are just going to be recreationals. You don't have to assume they're, they're regs like you are going to be making way extra mistakes and not exploiting them as much if you just play them all like they're regs. And yeah, it was just uh, that piece of content and that interaction was massive for how I looked at poker. And that's good because that was recently as well. And has opened my brain to going through his program as well as opened my brain to wanting to improve more i let that lay dormant for a while but it made me a little more hungry yeah he gave you a path and if there's one thing i've learned you like paths (laughs) i'll I'll go down that path (laughs) the man will follow the path until the very end um, until he's the best poker player in the world um no ryan laplante he's a good guy he's a good guy 
great teacher. He told me yesterday, uh, I believe it was yesterday in our, our live chat, that for every piece of content that he creates on his site, one minute of a theory video is two hours of prep, two hours of learning and prep. And, and it's like so much time and care. He's put in a thousand hours coaching people one-to-one mm-hmm. that can only – help you be a better coach mm-hmm. and understand the struggles. Like I, I'm a big proponent of in, in any sense, like I, I feel like, you know, if you're seeking people out that to join a study group or something like that, you need a good mix of people that are in your similar stakes because you need to know their perspective on things because people lose at small stakes different than they lose at big stakes and people win at small stakes different than they win at big stakes. And like, like you said, you have to switch. You, it's a poker a poker table is an organism in and of itself that changes. Super aggressive player stands up and a recreational player sits down on your left. Now you have a whole different dynamic and a whole different strategy mm-hmm. that you need to adjust for. Yeah. Um, and being able to relay that information in a way that makes sense, um, I think, yeah, it's uh, Ryan's definitely got a talent for that. Yeah, I agree for sure. So if, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing, about poker tournaments what would it be well i guess the dream would be to have all the americans back that'd be if i had a magic wand that's You're kind pandering of <laughs> pandering to the audience <laughs> i think that would be beneficial for me though like not even just pandering <laughs> i feel like it would be great for me as a poker stars ambassador to have poker stars back in the u.s and also it'd be great to have a a flood of players coming in all the guarantees would be bigger and a lot of them wouldn't be used to playing online for a long time so it'd be an adjustment for them too which would give an edge to the players who are used to it yeah I think because I've always dreamed of what it would be like to now that I'm a part of Pokestars Team Pro like to the states be opened back up to us and like what that just means it would be a cool I remember those days. They were good days. Uh, what, what's incredible too is like uh, I've spoken with like Robbie Straczynski and um, Joe Stapleton about how like the secondary industries got affected by Black, Black Friday too. Like all the book of magazines yeah. just boom, lost sponsorship money over, you know, they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember before UIGEA on Party Poker, they had a 200K guaranteed, um, 200 plus 15 every night of the week, every mm-hmm. single night of the week. And then Sunday, yeah. Sunday was a million dollar guaranteed, yeah. um, 500 guy. And this was like every day of the week. This was not like anything special. This was like that's for, wild. first place, 60K. And that's, that's 2005, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, the, but I, I, I think that if the floodgates were to open, go Andrew Yang, um, mm-hmm that hopefully that, that it would cause maybe not as big of a boom as there was before, but there's definitely interest in the marketplace. There's, yeah. it, it, it would be big, certainly for you being a member of Team Poker Stars and just big for the poker economy as well. Yeah, it'd be so cool to just see those huge games where it's like so many more players in them. Yeah, that would be, that'd be the dream. It was a good time and, <laughs> until it wasn't. party poker is actually i think like six years before black friday because they were publicly traded and then yeah that's what caused the big difference between them and stars was them having to leave because of them being public 
yeah, they they pulled out, and then Stars just gobbled. Stars full tilt, ultimate bet, absolute gobbled up all the market share. Mm-hmm. Um, sure <laughs> and yeah, and now I mean, Party Poker is making a comeback now, so they are doing big things. Yeah, it's uh, we'll see. It's interesting. Hopefully, in the next decade, for the love of God, get legalized poker in the United States. I mean. <laughs> I know. It's Texas Hold'em for the love of God, right? Like, Literally come on. After, yeah. If you could erect a billboard that every poker player had to drive past and read, what would that billboard say? It would say that they should be grateful and they should be thankful that they get to play a game for a living. I feel like that is one of the things that I personally lose sight of very often in in times when I'm like, if something just doesn't go great, maybe I'm tilted or maybe something, and I, yeah, I need to talk myself off a ledge. It's like, that's one of the biggest things I'll say right away. Like, bro, this is your dream. You literally play cards. You play cards since you were a little kid with all your friends. Like, this is what you wanted. Just be happier about it. And just be grateful that you're doing this and not something that you hate. So I don't know if everyone needs that reminder, but I definitely need that reminder. So maybe other people out there do as well. I'm sure they do. I think it's human nature. Again, I talked about it with Ryan LaPlante yesterday about how it's so easy to look, how it's so easy to look up at all the things you want and all, you know, if I get this, then I'll be happy. If I do this, if I accomplish this, if I, whatever, all the things you don't have and to not look down and look at all the things that you have, that you have to be grateful for, even Mm -hmm. when, shit's going down and shit hits the fan there's always something to be grateful for if you know you're you're primed to look for the things that you're grateful for um it's true so we got the current big goal you you don't know your current big goal right we don't know yeah i don't really know it's pro- i'm probably leaning towards taking some hours off my streaming schedule and adding them to improving poker and Maybe bugging Ryan for a couple more study sessions, and uh, oh, so you don't have to bug him; you just pay him money. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy exactly. to get. It's easy to get his attention. Just say, "Hey, here's some money." Oh, the man's a busy man, though. Too. That's it's not true. Like he's got all the availability. I needed to work for it the first time. Yeah, that means the price goes up. You just have to like. You, there is a price. You just have to keep going up and up and up. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so then you want to play higher stakes, take more shots. Is that? Well, in general, I would just like to keep improving my game. So, yeah, that would be moving up in stakes. And it also, again, that is loops back around to helping my Twitch channel. I improve at poker. I just become a better streamer. Like, I can answer questions more confidently. I'll just know what to do in more spots. And I'll have bigger runs in more expensive games where that brings in a lot of viewers in itself. So, it's a it's it's beneficial for poker and for stream and, and for future monetary reasons too like being an entrepreneur Definitely. you can create you know there's a lot of ways to monetize especially you know you have an audience so you can create training materials or there's just many many directions many many benefits to yeah. uh to being a, a great poker player we we haven't gotten into run it up we've given poker stars some love but how, how'd you get into i assume obviously through streaming but how did that come about Oh, yeah. So I absolutely love working with Run It Up. I couldn't believe that they reached out to me, to be honest. That one I just didn't see coming at all. Like Jason reached out and 
said they really liked watching my stream around his office and they liked the things I was doing. So they, uh, they wanted to put, put me as a member of team run it up. And I'd gone to the first run it up Reno that um, when I started streaming, Kev was like, you should come. Kevin Martin was like, you should come to run it up Reno. I'm like, I'll be there for sure. I got to meet some of the guys. That's when um, Jamie Staples and Matt Staples were officially winning their bet against Bill Perkins for the 150 grand. They did their final weigh in at that Reno. So it's like, I got to meet everyone. It was super cool. And then I really liked all the, the people that worked on team run it up. And after, after that Reno was over, yeah, they reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be a part of the team. I was so down because they were already helping me with some technical stuff. I had uh, <laughs> yeah, networked with them a little bit and yeah. they had given me some pointers and help. And yeah, they were explaining how they can help with a lot of that stuff. And, and I was, I was over the moon. So I've been working with them for probably around a year and a half now and it's great. Yeah. I got their shirt right now. Team run it up. And um, the event that they put on there is amazing. I don't play much live poker, but the live poker I do play, there is no event in the world that's like Jason Somerville's Run It Up Reno. It feels like one massive home game with hundreds of people there. Everyone's having fun. I'm having drinks most of the nights I'm there, just really letting loose, enjoying myself. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake at the table. Everyone, everyone, not even just the dealer, but everyone is super nice. Like, oh, no, this is how you play. This is what you do. Like, you're not going to get a one-round penalty or one-hand penalty if you act out a turn or if you mess up. Like, because it's really inclusive. And a lot of people, it's some of their, especially like some of the newer people, it's some of their first times playing live poker. So, it gives them a really comfortable way to get used to some games. And Jason has so many different variations of uh, games. That trophy back there actually won in the Taiwanese event. I went heads up against Somerville. Somehow <laughs> took him down. And uh, It's funny so that I just just now noticed that trophy back there in the corner. <laughs> it's hiding, hiding back there, yeah. yeah. I, uh, there's so many different um, variations of poker that are there. And... Um, because Jason's always liked different games opposed to just like No Limit or PLO. Like he likes a bunch of different stuff. And that's an event where you can learn how to play them all. And it doesn't matter if it's your first time playing. The people beside you will literally like help you. And it's like, not like while you're in a hand, but like they'll give you advice on like how to bet, how like things work, like what potting the pot means, just anything. And it's really cool because there's a lot of other events I've been to that aren't like that or like you'll get a penalty or or you'll feel a little uncomfortable or awkward asking and yeah that was one of the coolest parts of uh run yeah it up reno. i've heard only good things about run it up reno and that that poker festival as far as it being just off the charts fun just a great experience in general um and they live stream like some of the important tables and they have like a it, it's like it looks like one of the TV setups. It pretty much is only, as Jason says, he's been able to set it up for a fraction of the cost, but not um, sacrificing any of the production value. And it's beautiful. They're set up. They have cameras all over the place, RFID readers, and um, you you just know they like the tech guys and the people who run it. Like shout out to Andre. They do such an amazing job at making sure everything runs smoothly and everything looks good and i'm super impressed when 
when I'm there watching how everything runs. Like it's, it's really should take a lot more work and a lot more people than what they have, but they get it done and it's extremely impressive. They're poker players. They, they understand efficiency, being efficient with all this, all the stuff they do. Thank God. Thank God. You're not in charge of the tech, right? I think (laughs) buddy, thank God. (laughs) I think this may be part of your secret sauce. You have, you created this connection through tech issues. Like, (laughs) I, I'm trying to stream, guys. Uh, what, help me out. Like, <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so I got two questions and then, then we're out of here. Let's fast forward. This, this may be a tough one, but let's fast forward 15 years into the future. Mm-hmm. What would you like your accomplishments in poker streaming and poker to look like? So I would definitely love it if I could get myself – into being in the top three poker streamers. I never assume I'll take the number one spot. There's just too many, too many good streamers out there. Like Lex Veldhaus right now holds the number one spot. And it's like, for as long as the man is alive and streaming, I'll I'll come nowhere close to the spot. So it's like, for me, it'd be really cool to, to stick around for a long time streaming poker, growing my channel, growing my audience, and become one of the biggest poker streamers. So in the top three would be like almost unattainable in my mind. I would have to just go so hard for so long and pretty much the bigger guys would have to quit. Like then I just have to keep going longer than them. And then, and then I'd have to somehow get up there without anyone else taking some of those spots. So that. I think there is some churn at the top, though, from what I've spoken to people. Matt Matt Staples is actually – he's after the number one spot. I had him on, on the podcast. doing amazing. Like what Matty has done – I know we're like on opposing teams now with poker stars and party poker, but I can still show a lot of love to Matty Ice because I, I respected him – well, still respect. Respect him a lot for <laughs> putting in the grind and growing his channel he he did what almost no poker streamer does and well some have but he greatly greatly improved his poker game from the micros really quickly while streaming an incredible amount of time and he 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 is one of the he is one of the bigger streamers now and it's been cool to watch how fast that happened for him but the top guys like right now Vinton, Spraggy, Lex I could never imagine, like, I, I won't have a big enough ego to think I would ever surpass them. They've just done so many big things and they're running Twitch poker. And yeah, I just, to be up there in their presence would be an amazing accomplishment. Like that's all I could really ask and grow my channel. Like just keep growing, stay on a steady path. It'd be nice if I don't really level off and I, uh, and I can continue the growth, continue all the statistics going, yeah, in an upward trajectory for as long as I stream. It'd be nice to just never level off. But the the Twitch market is also only so big. It's growing year after year, but we do share a lot of our viewers. So if there's a lot of big streamers on, it's going to affect your viewers. And yeah, so it's hard to tell if I'll get to a point where it levels off more or if it can keep going up. But a steady trajectory up and to become one of the top three would be pretty perfect for me. And I didn't know Matt's going for that number one spot. That's, 
that's a big boy move on his part. I like hearing it. Like, go for it, Maddie. It's yeah, tough he's, to do, but he's young. Possible. We we got to the end of the podcast, uh, and I asked him because I didn't realize how young he was. And yeah, he's like, oh, I'm impressive. like, I think he's like 23. He's like, I'm 23. I was like, oh. Oh, I see. Like, I see. I see all the fire now. Like yeah. the fire in your heart, and all of these big audacious goals. Like, this is this. This is a twenty-three-year-old thing. Um, and Jamie Stable's little brother. Like, he straight up watched Jamie do it. Jamie helped pioneer Twitch poker. So yep. the fact Matt watched it happen, and Matt must have done like similar things to what I did. Like, he he had someone close to him that was already killing it. He just picked Jamie's brain the way I picked Kevin's brain and was like, I can do this. Like I will set a plan in motion. I'll get exponentially better at poker and, and I will start my own stream and, and hope things go well. Like you never know. I know you never know at the beginning how it's going to go. Like you have all these dreams, but it's like, what if people actually just don't enjoy watching me? Like you need the people to enjoy watching you. So yeah, the fact he put the plan in motion is pretty cool to see. Anytime you put yourself out there with a piece of content, there's this feeling of vulnerability. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are, what you're doing. Like you're afraid of people's reaction to you, that they're going to hate you, that they're going to be like, wow, that guy is a freaking clown. I can't believe I, I can't believe I viewed their Twitch stream for five minutes. Like, you know, there's always this vulnerability and insecurity. And so kudos to everybody, all the content creators, you know, yourself, uh, Mr. Staples, Jeff Gross, all these guys that put themselves out there in a vulnerable way and put their thing out there in the world, they should be commended. You know, y'all are y'all are doing an amazing job, not just growing Twitch poker, but growing poker, period. I think that the whole poker community to all the streamers that are killing it out there should have lots of gratitude to you guys because y'all are doing the work. And, you know, this this is how the poker market gets built. It gets built on personalities and people being, you know, somebody watching it that likes poker and telling their friend, hey, check out this dude, Arlie. He's awesome. Like, watch his stream with me. And then now somebody news in poker. So, like, y'all are, y'all are doing an amazing job. It's super, super commendable. I'm very grateful for your hard work. And final question is, where can the Chasing Poker Greatness audience find you on the interwebs? So Twitter, Instagram is at Arlie Shaban. And my Twitch is also just my name, Arlie Shaban. So you can type Twitch or Arlie.tv into your browser or just go to Twitch and type in Arlie Shaban. And I'm always tweeting out links for my Twitch on Twitter as well, putting them in the swipe up on Instagram. So yeah, I always thought it was the most logical for at least someone like me who has a little bit more of a unique name to just brand everything than my name because it was free on everything. So I could just, <laughs> no one else had it taken yet. <laughs> yeah. Brad Wilson, unfortunately, I, I don't have, I, I have a diff, different problem. You know, I think maybe, maybe one of my, uh, my goals in life in the next 15 years will be the most famous Brad Wilson that exists. Like I think I like this it. is an obtainable goal, right? It is. Um, but thank you very much for your time and your energy, my man. And, uh, you know, let's let's do it again in a year or so. Maybe meet up in Run It Up Reno, which I, I keep getting more and more intrigued the more I, I read about it. Um, it's good stuff, man. I definitely appreciate you having me on, Brad. It was a fun chat. And looking forward to seeing the podcast develop and how things go moving forward. I enjoyed your one with Berkey. I'll have to check out some of the other ones. 
we got we got some stuff coming that that's like that I'm excited about. But thank, nice. thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time. No thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please take a moment to do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be. And once again, I wanted to let you know about PKC Poker. If you're on the lookout for a new poker platform where the games are safe and secure and the action's amazing, head to EnhanceYourEdge.com slash PKCPod to get your code and jump into the games. You must have a code to play as well as be 21 years of age or older. One final time, that's EnhanceYourEdge.com slash PKCPod. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time on Chasing Poker Greatness.